0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to NJPW Puro Review. I am your Sanders We're right over here. It's the Pancake Princess herself. It's Melball How you doing, Melball
1: I am fucking tired, Andre. <laughs> it, was a, it was a late night. It was. It we almost watched eleven hours straight of wrestling between AEW Stardom and NJPW. We watched yeah. a lot of wrestling and we ate a lot of pancakes.
0: Yeah, long night, long but awesome night. We started with a W at six and then at nine we watched the Stardom Stardom Gate show, which we might have well we might recap that on uh just the final match on that one because a bunch of tag matches, but really good show there. Um yeah, and then we watched uh Wrestle Kingdom as you're here to talk about on this episode. And really, really fun night. And like I I, got, I left your place at a little after five, I want to say, AM. Yeah. <laughs> I want to yeah. say, yeah. I got home for a little. I got home a little before six. Got the bed and woke up at noon, and I'm still feeling tired. <laughs> same, yeah. same. It
1: is seven ish, seven fifteen, PM evening time here. I'm going time. to bed after this. Like, I am just tired. See, I'm not even speaking properly. This is gonna be an interesting episode because I'm just gonna be like heble. Hey, I love it. I
0: love that hey, yeah. hey, <laughs> of it all.
1: <laughs> Gotta add a little Mel ball flair on it. I don't
0: just blah blah blah. I huh blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my no goodness. yeah. Well, we got to watch an incredible show, but before we get into that, I want to thank each and every one of you guys. We really do appreciate all the great support you have given us here at Andre Melbar and Talk. So, if you could please keep liking the video, subscribing to the channel, commenting down below, sharing uh, sharing us out, um, and check and checking us out, and also please and please and if you're supporting over on Sunday's benefit, thank you so very much. Subscribe to the channel uh, and like like them, send some comments into them. Uh, let us know how we're if you're liking us over there so on um, both and then on our youtube channel don't forget to uh hit the hit the subscribe button or the notification button to be alert every time we drop a new video <laughs> hello Oh. Uh, so yeah long it was it was a long day of uh of wrestling but i i i think it was really a really good time like yeah. over the night i think and like I'll admit, going into this year's Wrestle Kingdom was one of those years where I was a little bit less enthused on this show than the past years. How'd you, you feel about that, this? Yeah. Like we like, I don't know, it's just one of those years where I thought, yeah, it'll be a good show, but it wasn't like last year I was like super like I was super amped for it last year. But this one I think really still delivered really strong.
1: I agree. I agree. Yeah, there were some matches that we, when we both went into it, we were kind of like, ooh, I don't know how that one's going to turn out. They turned out pretty dang good. Let's get into it, man. Because a girl we needs are, to get the ball.
0: <laughs> we are going to. Oh, oh Mel, Melball's jumping all around.
1: Earthquake, earthquake.
0: Jump up, jump up, and get down. Jump.
1: jump. No. No? She's tired.
0: We're going to kick it off of with. We're going to kick it off with the Rambo. I just got a couple little quotes on this one. I didn't take a lot of notes Mm -hmm. on this one. Uh, Yo getting beat up by Team DK with them using Yo's shoes, just smacking them around.
1: That was a Tony Storm moment of the, you know, chin up, tits out, watch for your shoes. He was wearing some, like, Mary Jane slippery things, and apparently, like, got rid of the socks. He did initially yeah. have socks, and he was just full alexan it by the end of the
0: match. Yeah. Uh, so when show came out, Yo ran up the ramp in his socks to meet him partway up. His, Yo had his wrench, took the wrench, and did wrench penis. Like,
1: what? like, literally put it in between and started shimmying it around. I was like, man, what? what age are we? Come on. It was amusing uh, though. It was I, an amusing I, little spot because he was just like, he was the Yano in this match. He oh, was 100%. the comedy guy.
0: Oh, dude! It, it, but it was it was good. I, I, it was a fun, stupid little spot, but fun. Uh, we have the return of Iska. Iska was back.
1: I'm not gonna lie. Walking better than the current president of NJPW. I was say he actually walked to the ring. Made it to the ring. He's bright. And, mm-hmm.
0: taichi. And, and taichi bringing and bringing him an old friend mm-hmm. yeah i uh, Bring she's is got the uh, iron uh, iron iron fingers and he started th- chopping everybody with the iron fingers i loved it mm-hmm.
1: including taichi yeah.
0: including taichi okay. so the final four came down to the final five of Okan, Yano, Yo, ishimori and uh chase owens so Owens and Khan ended up on the apron on one side, and then uh, Yano and Yo tossed Ishimori over the top, and he was skinning the cat, and they were trying to knock him off. So Yano, or sorry, no, Khan ended up hitting an eliminator to uh, chase onto the apron, and he rolled off to the floor. So we got our final four of Okan, Yano, yeah. Yo, and Ishimori. Yes. Good. Good
1: combination, I think. Um,
0: it, it it's pretty they, much oh it's pretty much every year Yano and some other people,
1: which is unfortunate because if they're trying to actually make this belt something to be interesting or talked about, do you have any kind of what is the word prestige?
0: Yeah, you
1: really got to keep people like Yano out of them belts, man. I don't sure. know. He, I've never, I mean, anybody who knows a all knows, I've never been a fan of Yano. He's kind of like, I I understand his purpose. He's that comedic break in the show. Usually, sometimes, the only comedic, comedic break in the show. But like, I'm just, his wrestling is good. His amateur wrestling is really, really good. He just doesn't bring it out as much as he does all of his other shenanigans, which are not as horrible as House of Torture shenanigans, mm-hmm. but it's close. It's close enough. It's in the ballpark for me. Um, I was very um, surprised Chase Owens stayed in entire time. First one yeah. out,
0: yeah. last first one out, and the last one out.
1: <laughs> he outlasted his own war
0: dogs. He really did. I uh, really, you know, really good time. Um, we we
1: can't not talk though about the rope spot because my Mm. goodness, TMDK was it playing bouncy, bouncy balls with Yo's balls?
0: I can't remember, but somebody, like somebody was, and he was just shaking him while he was just getting his nuts crushed on the rope
1: with TMDK and then ended somewhere with House of Torture. I'm not entirely sure at that point. I was just laughing because it was just. This was glorious, glorious chaos in all of its definition.
0: So yeah, the other participants outside of the five we mentioned were Gabriel Kidd, Alice Gaulgan, Jeff Cobb, Hanare, Shane Haste, Mikey Nichols, Tomihiro Ishii, Master Wado, Doki Show, or uh, Yeah, Doki Show, Yujiro Takahashi, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, uh Takeshi Itzka, as we talked about, Taichi, and then the other uh Owens and from the uh Michinoku Pro, I'm fairly sure. I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh Junior Hayato was in this.
1: Oh yes, the one who forgot his eyebrows at home.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, what what? You see the guy who had no eyebrows.
1: I was really surprised the entire time and I was concerned. I was like, wow, we've got another Yoshihashi on our hands. But nay, Yoshihashi does have eyebrows. This man did not.
0: It, it, it was a good fun pre-show match. Very Very good setup.
1: Then,
0: then we had 50 minutes of downtime. And then we've got our first match of the main card. Um This was interesting because a few couple weeks ago, uh, they had these two teams had a casket match, and they had hung uh Akira over the turnbuckle like he was choking by a dog collar, and then you had um tjp put it into a casket and taken away so akira comes out wearing the plague doctor jacket mel mel specified that to me so i, I knew that one and he opened up a casket and out comes this hand with like this bone claw hand and then s- sits up as this guy with the like the you, you see it like in the rice paddies in uh in China, with the hat, that come, or in, it, yeah, in it was the,
1: the Raiden
0: looking the Raiden, hat. Yeah. He didn't yeah. have
1: it on. He had it kind of covering his face, and he slipped it on when he, yeah, you know, Malachi blacked himself out of the casket.
0: And then it, they come down, and it's TJP and Francesco Kira and a, and he's got all this all new gear on. And you're like, what the hell? And he takes the hat off, and he's got this mask on. It just looks like this, like monster mask. And it's like, this is it looks awesome. And I believe he, it was
1: supposed we, to be a vampire of some kind. Uh,
0: whatever it was, he wore it for the entire show, <laughs> or the entire time out there. It he did, they did well in it, so I can't really say too much on this. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: He actually changed his whole, like, not even just the gear and and wearing the mask. His whole persona
0: mm-hmm.
1: of wrestling in ring. Because we did, we were having some issues with the feed at this point, so we were trying to figure out where to to watch it so we actually missed how these guys started but um yeah a kid or tjp kind of like doing the very the you know the stuff that sean moore does that scares me where he gets down on all fours and kind of like werewolves himself across the ring that's what how tjp was wrestling he was very feral he was very it was it was really creepy but really cool um yeah, I really enjoyed
0: did, it. and then the fire on Akira was just yeah paint like he had this, this paint all over his back a little bit on his front but a lot on his back of like the green fire that's on his tights um really looked good man um so there's a full clip off the uh by the war dogs with uh, Connor's coming off of the apron to the to the floor on Akira uh, beautiful victory rule stomped uh, to Connors in the ring by Akira, and then he goes off the back of Connors to hit a Canadian destroyer to Maloney. Look great sequence there. Uh, trio will stomp by TJP after Akira comes running in the corner, it drop kicks Maloney who's in the trio. He comes up and then TJP comes down stomping on him. Look great, uh, Maloney with that spinebuster into the stomp. And then he came down with like, a Mel pointed this out to me, he came down with like an elbow drop to finish it. I was like, that's actually really cool.
1: I don't know if it was like an intentional thing that he planned to do or if it was just something that, well, this is where we are. This is what's happening in this moment. But it looked really freaking cool the way they pulled it off.
0: Yeah, and and War Dogs in all-new white gear with their brand-new custom titles with side plates that have the War Dogs on them. So, yeah, like, and then Maloney comes, hits the Drilla Killer to TJP, and we both thought it was over here, but TJP kicks out at, like, 2.9. Akira gets a Spanish flight of Connors off the top, then hits a Fosbury flop to him on the floor, Um, and this is where they set up with Maloney. Sandwich needs by catch two two, to Maloney, and catch two two, get the victory. We're both we're both really surprised with the brand new titles and everything, brand new gear. We really didn't think it was changing, and then yeah, it was just an awesome, awesome match, man. Awesome way to kick off the main card.
1: Hundred percent. This is the second year in a row that they have started off Russell Kingdom with catch two two, and it has been the perfect start to the show um the just the and the the whole thing about this was the gimmick and the story that was behind these four men going into this with the war dogs being a constant thorn in the united empire and specifically catch tutu's side especially with the you know um introduction and then removal of drilla maloney to the united empire over the last year it was a very fun story to kind of come into conclusion because they can either completely separate and go into their own different feuds, which I think is going to probably be what happens. um, Or they can try to come back at each other. They did leave this um, story kind of open, but closed at the same time. Like, Regardless of what happens, as a fan, I'm very happy with how everything got pulled off. Um, seeing the the difference and the change in TJP in this one was, I think, the, the cherry on top, though. Because his creepiness and the, the look and everything to it added so much to the match. And for the first time, I think, ever since the War Dogs have been formed, we saw fear on the face of the War Dogs coming down for this match. They were very hesitant to make their approach to the ring. So I really, really enjoy how they just really played up this story and made it something so awesome and so incredible. But yeah, to, to see, I, I definitely thought, I, you know how much I love Catch 2-2, but I definitely thought based on, on the new championships that War Dogs were probably gonna retain makes me very happy to see that we were wrong about that because now we get two years in a row, catch two, two, number one, opening the show.
0: Yeah. I'm a big, I, like I said, I, we're big United Empire fans. I have a catch two shirt in my room. Mel got that Mel got me uh, last year. I, I love this team. I really do. And I'm so glad to see them continuing on. And I'm, I'm interested to see what, how TJP goes forward with this, Demon character that he's doing Is its is it gonna
1: I think it's gonna I think this was a once off for it yeah, I, would, I love... personally don't want That to be the case but I personally Loved it and I, I do think it's a Once off
0: I wouldn't mind this being TJP's Demon like Balor Where it comes out when he Really needs it Not It's not something we see regularly but he, he Every time he goes to the monster I would love that We move, on, we move on to the NJPW World Television Championship match. It's Hiroshi Tanahashi challenging Zach Saber Jr. Um, Tanahashi getting a lot of offense in here. He's uh, Some two twists and shouts and hits a sling blade. He goes up, hits the aces high, but uh, Zach gets the knees up on the high fly flow attempt and he gets a euro clutch for two. Early on, They just there was a lot of really good back and forth wrestling. I think this is the best I've seen Personally, seen Tana look in the last while because he he got other than his like sl- his high fly low and his high, it was some twists and shouts. But he was working with a mat based guy, so he didn't have to run a lot because they were just transitioning a lot, which really worked. Um, Tana gets a dragon screw, tries a Texas clover leaf, but saber switches it into a triangle, but Tana works out of the triangle, and gets his, gets Cloverleaf, but then Sabre rolls out, and they get it into, like, submission exchanges. Looked really good, and I think this really... This is where I really saw the match benefit Tanahashi's knees, but it's him just work, getting to work a transition style. Uh, Tana and Sabre trading strikes. Sabre gets a Euro clutch for two. Uh, Tana gets... Tana the Tana gets the Tana clutch but it gets turned into the rear naked choke. but Tana gets up, Saber gets an octopus, but Saber uh, uh and then uh he transitions out to get the dragon screw, but uh Saber ch- gets away from the dragon screw and he gets to to the neck twist, that foot neck twist that he does. Um save the end though. Saber uh get- goes for the Zack driver. It gets it gets reversed to a victory roll they roll around trading pins until Tanahashi pins Zach Saber Jr. at eight minutes and fifty three seconds to become the president of New Japan World Television.
1: <laughs> we were discussing this after it happened and uh you know it's, it's a great thing I I think that Tanahashi has now been put in the position that he is. But you, you, I made it very clear how I felt about people owning things. And then suddenly they're a champion. Or they have the championship belt. Or they're always in contention with something. I don't like that. So the match itself was a fun ride. But the result, it was suspicious. It's sus. Um, And I I don't like it, but you are right. It did benefit Tana a lot because he didn't have to move a lot. And like, arguably, again, I do have to agree, this is the best I've seen Tanahashi in a long time. That doesn't mean, though, that he should have won this match. Zack Sabre Jr. has been doing a tremendous job making this title look good, despite some what I would consider like high impactful losses. Particularly um, in AEW this year. That being said, though, this TV title, I hate it. It looks like shit. But he gave it some prestige. He gave it something to be proud of in regards to it, because we can't be proud of the look of it, that's for sure. But we could be proud that someone like Zack Sabre Jr. has been not only carrying the title, but like really not only making a name for himself, but really putting other people that he's been facing up on a really high pedestal. I mean, he faced Narita, he faced Jeff Cobb, he faced Ishii. Like it's been such a tremendous title run for him with this one. That being said though, I feel that TMDK has been getting the short end of the stick. They've kind of been Kenta this year. Um, While Zack Saber Jr. has been carrying this title. So maybe this is an opportunity for Zack Sabre Jr. to now, because we we saw kind of later what was going on with the Never title. You know, maybe this will be an opportunity for him to go after something else. Like maybe um you know, or sorry, not the um the never title, the global title we saw. So he probably can't go after that one, or at least not right now until that feud is over, but maybe. The never open weight title could be something that he could consider, or or maybe even that top belt. Who knows? Um, I'm I'm trying my best to look at this though as an opportunity for Zack Saber Jr. to move up in the company, and that this is not a a step back. That being said, I I really don't know if Tanahashi, as much as I love him, I don't know that he can give. Continue to give this title the prestige that Zack Saber Jr. Um, put it at. I feel like it's either going to plateau or it's going to start to drop, and at that point, we're going to have to figure out what we're going to have to do, who we're going to have to put it on, to make it not be the next KOPW nasty title that we don't want to talk about.
0: Yeah, again, it's very much is that, and I really do hope that we get the moving. move. I would love to see a few with Tabor and Saber and Tama. I think those two could absolutely tear it down. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, and then he, uh, he did present the title to Tanahashi after he gave him the bow. So we saw a lot of that tonight. Mm-hmm. A lot of that so we moved was fire
1: in this one sorry just one last Pardon. thing tana's gear was legit fire in this one he was oh, giving yeah. me like like classic tanahashi vibes and like we know he's not his knees are really hella messed up right now he can't do a whole lot in regards to working out with his build like he used to he maintains that upper like nobody's business but like His legs and his everything else underneath there is is suffering a little bit and, like, relatable. I've got knee issues. They hinder my workouts all the time. Um, But when you look at this picture, it doesn't look at all like he's struggling. Like, whoever made this had the right pattern, the right colors, the right everything to help out Tanahashi. And I love it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because actually his gear this year has been quite fire. The one, he, that purple and red one that he had early in the last little while. And then now into this one, he's been just, it's been looking great.
1: Yeah. It's been a new style of design because he's been kind of doing the, the sleeves kind of like those, mm. those people who I don't know at WWE. Oh, but,
0: uh, pretty deadly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, it's almost like a little homage to them. I think it's cool.
0: Yeah. I don't know. The team are, of, I don't yeah. I hate that team so much because I always think of – one I just in my brain one of them's pretty and just one of them's deadly. That's what I'm calling them now. I don't even want to know their real their actual names.
1: <laughs> I mean it's just like me and FTR, man.
0: Yeah. So we are gonna move on to third to the third match of the main card, fourth match overall. It's Yota Suji Vizio, a special singles match. Uh big suicide dive by Suji to the floor. He gets his electric chair drop in the ring. Uh the chops by Yuri are solid. Uh sick drop kick to the face of Suji by Yuri Like he jumps up and dro- literally boots to the face. It looked fire. And Suji's tall. So he has got this kid's got kite, man. Um huge bulldog for two by Yuri Uh Splash in the corner by Suji. Gets Yuri Mura up youruriira pushes him off the top but suji gets the super kick as is flying through the air and hits that falcon arrow neckbreaker thing because he looks like a falcon arrow but he comes brings him down sideways and looks he's like hitting a neckbreaker almost but yeah looks really good that gets that for two bridging dragon suplex by you for two but the end of the match Yuui catches suji in the deadbolt hits the deadwolt into the bridge and we were both really surprised. Actually, on like we had Andreas watching he even he he was like, Oh whoa, that de- he picked up the win and we were like, Whoa, okay.
1: Yeah, this was uh, another one, like one right after the other, where I was like the ride was great, but I really wasn't happy with the result. Um, I do get that like we want to give these the three musketeers and then arguably the fourth one, and Yuya, Yuamura coming back because like remember when when I first started watching Narita, Shota Umino, Suji and Yuamara were still um all four of them were um the young lions at the side there and Shota I think left first and Narita right after and Suji then next and then Yuamara I think was there for a few more weeks um or a month maybe I don't Time is not a very good thing for melball after COVID. I can't can't figure things out with time anymore. But um I I've kind voiced my con- my unhappiness that Yomura has not been considered one of those musketeers. Like I get three musketeers and everything, but there was always a fourth. D'Artagnan was a fourth. And I guess Yuya is our D'Artagnan, which is weird to say. Um Yuya looking great. Like his He's not as, like, shredded as he was, but he still looks fantastic. I really liked his gear. Um, Kind of wasn't very much different from his usual stuff. But I did really like the Fabio entrance that he did where he had, like, the wind blowing through his hair and it was down, just blowing. It was nice. I thought it was cool. It was different. It was unique from everybody else. So, anyway. You can hate on him all you. I'm not biggest fan of him either, but his overall look is an athletic look. He looks like an athlete. He looks like a wrestler. Some people don't. Just just, a finish. And they're still in it. Um Suji, though, I mean, jiggity god dang. This guy's moveset has become one of my favorites this year. Just watching him wrestle, that just unique combination of the lucha and traditional Western North American kind of wrestling has just been such a treat to watch. But the creativity and uniqueness in which he delivers all of his moves and just the speed, the unnatural speed for how large he is, is insane. It's something that baffles me about lucha wrestling, because some of those guys, like we saw Vikingo on AEW right before watching this, and holy heck, that guy's all over the place. He's like speeding Gonzalez. But then you have someone like Ultimo Guerrero, who's like at least not even twice the size, like at least three or four times the size of someone like Vikingo, and he can keep up with Vikingo. Like what are they feeding people in Mexico? Those tacos must be like super powered or something. I need to get something clearly. But um, these like Suji's. My my favorite thing he does is that three move thing. What is it? The the strike?
0: No, it's the uh,
1: back.
0: No, it's backbreaker, facebuster, stomp. Isn't it? Right, right,
1: right. Yeah. I love that combo. The, the curb stomp combo is just so good. There's something else that he did. What did we call it? It was like a slingshot. A sli- we call it a slingshot curb stomp, didn't we? He came off something and he slammed his face into the ground.
0: No, no, and you're thinking that- of uh, Finley later.
1: Oh, Okay, well, we'll get to that later. Um, I really enjoyed this match. I thought that it was two young boys just fighting for supremacy and fighting for bragging rights. And I feel that that unlocked something in both of them because like we saw Suji's debut match against Sonata one-on-one was just tremendous. Um, But he, and I hate to say it, but he had most of the heart in that match. He had to make up for it a lot because of the lack of sparkle darkle coming off of the champion. Yu Amura has that sparkle He has that charisma. He has that something that Sonata just simply does not. So Suji was able to play off of that so, so well. The two of them just so aggressive with each other. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was almost like a, again, as I said, a bragging rights match. These guys are trying to put themselves above each other. And then subsequently also Shota Umino and Renarita.
0: Yeah, I don't agree with you, Imura. I think he's bland as hell. Gears is, is basic, and he's got no charisma. In my personal opinion, I find him just bland and boring. That, but that's how I feel. Suji, awesome. That dude is a a shining star. Yui Mura, I, my personal opinion, I would never promote him above the KOPW title. But that's just, I don't care for him. He, his moveset is boring. His charisma is non-existent. When he comes out and the wind was blowing, I'm like, oh, okay, a wrestler great and it just I just I don't like Yurimura I I remember, remember this I used to hate Doki so maybe one day Urimura will finally click for me but I don't know I just I do not see it in Yurimura I do not understand what people like about this guy I mean I say the
1: same thing about a lot of people that you like so yep.
0: <laughs>
1: tomato tomato right I mean, he's got more charisma than his leader. Just going to point that out.
0: Well, that's... I. I Any Everybody... Dude, uh, Taka Michinoku has more charisma.
1: probably charis- has more charisma than Sonata.
0: Taka has more charisma than Sonata. Dude, Togo... Ha- dick Togo. We all hate the dick. But he has more charisma than Sonata. I'm sorry. Like, Sonata, yeah. I... I I love the guy in Ring. Let's go but... when we get to Sonata, though, because yeah, we will I'll, sit I'll... here for... <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll shit on him while still praising him at the same time. Uh, we move on. Tag team match. It's Shota Umino and Kite Toki taking on uh, the House of Tortures, Evil and Ren Narita. Um, I was not looking forward to this because I have to sit through House of Torture, and it was... Mm-hmm. match. Um... Kaido and Shota end up attacking HT before the bell because HOT is stomping on one of the uh, pro, was it prosy Noah shirt? Yeah, um, and then Kaido and Umino get some missions, but the bell rings, so they think they've won. But the ref, uh, but it's it was it was Togo the whole time. The ref gets taken out. A attack? it was Kenamaro on
1: that
0: one. Oh, Kenamaro, yeah, um, so. I've got a brand new we've got a brand new name for Togo's upside down uh uh nut shot that Andreas said. He called it the scrotum tickler. <laughs> that's our new name for Togo's upside down uh dick shot there. So he hit him with the scrotum tickler Hicks,
1: um Charlton and, and Walker let them know that.
0: Oh well oh, I definitely will. Uh but Evo only gets two off that. Umino has Narita read it through the ropes. Go, go goes over the top. DDTs him. <laughs> literally auto-corrected it to dating. <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, DDTs him onto the apron. And drop kicks uh showing Kanamaru on the floor. Evo's choking Umino with the shirt. Kaido's attacking evil, but show distracts him. Evil hits everything is evil. Uh German by uh Oh, so German and a half and a half by Umino to Narita for two. Um, Narita hits the so the end of it comes. Narita smacks uh, Umino with the with this push up bar and then he hits an X factor and gets the win. Literally, he's channel. He took his finisher from arguably one of the best in ring workers in professional wrestling, but the charisma vacuum that is sean waltman so it makes sense he's part of house torture so it's a charisma vacuum that has great workers as a part of it so it makes sense for him to channel sean waltman here
1: (laughs) i wish i could argue with that logic but i can't (laughs) um i'm not gonna lie i actually i lost interest after kaido made his entrance it just this match didn't retain my attention, unfortunately. So I'm not really recalling a whole lot of anything interesting. Except for you, I remember you, that was the one who rang the bell.
0: You you ran out to your garage to have a smoke during this match. Did I? Or you Thanks. ran off you, you were gone for like three or four minutes during this match. So <laughs> that
1: wouldn't surprise me that this, this was a definite which is unfortunate because I actually really like Kaido. He's kind of grown on, because, like, after last year when he did his, his dumb stuff, his poor life choice with, with um, Kazucho Okada, you know, I was kind of like, who the hell is this little shit? But he has definitely redeemed himself through the World Tag League, through the G1. It's just been a treat and treasure to to watch him and watch him kind of evolve with these guys, because now he's facing a whole abundance.
0: Plethora. <laughs>
1: he's facing an abundance of new talent. Let's not piss off the natural. Um, he, Yeah, he's fighting a whole new locker room of people. And I've been, like, obviously going up into this match, this match has been a lot of House of Torture, House of Torturing people, um, particularly Kaito and his partner, Owiwa, and um, House of Torture also, I believe, invaded Noah. At, at one point leading up into this match so what i'm i'm interested about is that we hate house of torture i mean who likes house of torture is is really a good question i feel like that list would be shorter who likes house of torture
0: it, it, um, if you like house of torture and you're listening on either snme or watching on a youtube channel Leave a comment, message us on social media. We would like to know if you actually like House of Torture. I really do want to know.
1: Yeah, and then we also have some online therapy that we can (laughs) um, send your way that you can partake in to help you with your issues. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but like, here's the thing. We've always said this, that House of Torture as a, a conglomerate is just, it's not good. But each wrestler individually has their own awesome moveset and actual ability, and to, to do this amazing thing called professional wrestling. That, that they've been formed for how long? Like three years now, and they've barely done anything, I'm going to say, useful um, or, or credible is really concerning. But that they have actually been able to transition in this feud to go to NOAA and gain the interest of the NOAA fans, as well as captivate the fans here in NJPW who want to see Shota Umino, who want to see Kaido Kiyomiya. Um, I, we gotta give them a round of applause for that. They're, they're starting to, I've been noticing, though we hate the shenanigans and the shenanigans are still happening. The amount of shenanigans per match has lessened. The length of each shenanigan has gone from like ten or fifteen minutes to like two or three. They're working a lot more on, I think, tailoring House of Torture to be a little bit more Oedo Tai ish, and I kind of like it. That being said, though, this match did not captivate me at all, and I, I couldn't really tell you anything other than my opinion of the wrestlers because can't relate to the interest. It just, it lost me.
0: Yeah. It, I, it, I wasn't this there for this either. So we move on. It's for the never open weight championship. It's Tamatanga t- taking on the champion. Shingo Takagi. uh, Backdrop by Shingo, but Tama comes right back at him with an exploder. The strikes back and forth in this are just killer. this is the epitome of strong style right here. These two are just cracking each other. Uh Tamma comes off the top with a huge neck break. It comes off the top and hits a neck breaker. It looked great. Uh Shingo gets a super flex off the top to Tama. Uh Tama reverses the Death Valley driver into a tongue and twist. Goes up, hits a beautiful supreme flow for two. Gun stuns reversed into the backslide, which then turns into a power bomb by Shingo for two. A huge pumping bomber by Shingo, but Tamma makes hit. Tamma turns Made in Japan into a gun stun. Both are down. Like these two are just killing each other throughout this. Tamma gets a beautiful bloody Sunday for two. Then. Rolls him with a huge lariat. He goes for the DSD, which is also known as the J driller, uh, but it's blocked with a jackknife pin for two for, from Takagi. The head—they start headbutting each other right in the forehead too. And I was just like, "Oh!" All I can think of is Katsuyori Shibata's big giant hematoma that took him out. Of that he had that piece of his brain removed, and he's it took him out of wrestling for so long. I, I, I just don't headbutts. I. If you're gonna headbutt a guy, just headbutt him in the chest. If you're gonna headbutt there, it's like it's like a meaty spot. So you're you're not gonna be creating a giant hematoma on your head. Yeah,
1: I was having Mikey Nichols flashbacks, and I was just going, no, stop it.
0: Mm, yeah, that Nichols and Hanari spot. Yeah. Um gun stunned by Shingo hits the pumping bomber, hits made in Japan, but Tama kicks a 2.9. Uh, Tama rolls, Shingo uh, threw off at last of the dragon attempt, and he gets the Styles Clash. And then he waits, hits the stun, but Shingo kicks at 2.9. Tama gets up, picks him up. DSD, a.k.a. the J-Driller, by Tama Tonga. And that title changes Again, uh, man. Every time these two get in a ring together for this belt, they just seem to trade it. It. I don't know, wrong. I am all about it because these two. Well, I I've seen that like this match so many times. I said it going this. I like, I wasn't sure if I was super excited, but I but I said I know we're gonna get a good match out of this, and this exceeded my expectations. They did, and this wasn't even close as long as their last couple. It was at, like. Uh, 12 minutes 56 seconds but it felt like it was a longer match but in a good way
1: yeah, yeah. you were starting to doze off a little bit on this one and I was like no you are going to want to stay awake for this one my guy and I'm sure you're happy you did um, there's one point where um, Shingo also did that Topicon Hilo on Tama and we were like what the fizzy was that Takagi, I mean, he's the dragon and everything, but we didn't know he had wings. He doesn't usually fly. Um, that <laughs> was <great. laughs> like that innuendo there. Um, yeah. And that one with that move also was so good. I believe that was our first replay of the night. Was that just perfectly done, Topekunilo?
0: Yes. I think, at least, that I remember seeing.
1: Well, same. It may have been something else, but we didn't notice it. But this one, I, I even freaked out because I'm like, oh my God, we're getting a replay on this. What is going on? Um, and he just they just had the cameras at the right place, the right time, everything. Um T- Takagi landed perfectly on Tama, rolled right on through, came up with his fist up. It was perfect. Perfection. Um, but you're absolutely right. This was uh this was a, a traditional, strong-style match. Um, these guys were hitting as hard as they could, and every time they do get in the ring together, it does seem to be like a back-and-forth with these guys. Um, that being said, it doesn't take away from the belt like it sometimes does. Like, with the KOPW Championship, when it was kind of going through those changes with tai- you know, Shingo, then tai Chi, then Cho, then tai Chi, I was kind of like, eh not only just because I don't care about that belt, but just because it happens so often with that belt, we just kind of became used to it. Um, the never open championship was like that for a little bit, but, um, I felt like back then the guys winning it, they just weren't doing anything with it. Um, that was like back before Cobb joined United empire. And he was kind of like, um, doing his thing with like Elgin and Goto and like those three were and Ishii, the, the four of them were kind of having that exchange back and forth. It was kind of a dark time for that never open championship in my opinion, but this kind of thing where the, they are excited about it. They're touring with it. They're taking it somewhere else. Takagi, if you don't follow him on social media, you definitely should. He's one of those guys who gives you that in look into what he's doing in his day-to-day life. And he takes his titles everywhere. Um, I expect Tom is going to do the same thing. Tom is very active on social media, active in interviews, active in bringing NJPW to North America. I suspect this is a good thing um, for the beginning of the year to start getting a lot more people interested in NJPW.
0: Oh, I'm going to be sorry at this point. If we don't get Tama defending and uh an Eddie Kingston defense on the, the uh, show in a couple weeks, Battle in the Valley. Um, Honestly, we should be getting both. I really do think so. Because Eddie and Jingo were both defending on the last couple New Japan Strong shows. If we don't get Tama out there, I'm going to be very disappointed. And there's possibility we might get a David Finley because that's the global title. That title should be going everywhere too. So.
1: I agree. We'll talk about that when we get there.
0: Yeah. Oh, so yeah got, a pick, got a little pick. Got a little pickup. Hit, hitting the DSD at the end and Tamatanga with the title. And so, <laughs> I, I don't. I like this rivalry in the way of that they've been trading it back and forth. I really do.
1: It's a very respectful rivalry. It's not ri- rivalry. Rivalry. It's a respectful rivalry where they're not. Being dicks to each other, but they're not talking each other down. They're not cutting each other down. They're not attacking each other in matches and stuff like that. It's a very respectful, like, I respect what you're doing, but I'm a better guy. Mm-hmm. I'm better, and and that's kind of what they're going back and forth with. I, I kind of love it.
0: Yeah, again, really good. So we're gonna move mm-hmm. on to the tag team title. Du- double tag team titles, strong and IWGP championships on the line. Hiroki Goto and Yoshiashi defending their IWGP titles against Elf and Hikuleo defending their strong tag team championships. I think we were both, this is one of the ones where I was like, would you literally just witness this twice? Cause they faced each other in the round Robin. They faced each other in the finals and we're getting a trilogy inside of a month between these two teams. But, and the the finals match was 40 minutes of kind of pure awesomeness. And this one was good, but it was only eight minutes and 56 seconds. So when you're coming off a finals match with 40 minutes and you only get eight minutes or nine minutes, uh, I, I, It was good. I had a good time with this. It just wasn't the same.
1: Yeah, their matches beforehand were better. Mm -hmm. This one one raptured for me like the last one. The last one enraptured me a lot more. Like it caught my attention. I was like, "Ooh, I want to know what happens next." And this one, I was kind of like, "We've kind of seen this, guys. What are we? What are we doing here?"
0: Yeah, I'm very okay if this feud is done. If Yoshihashi and Goto go their separate ways for a while and go be single star, Let go Goto go into the global division or back to the never title and let Yoshihashi go play with the KOPW title. Like yeah, or maybe the TV division. Maybe, <laughs> maybe TV, or maybe the TV division would be good for Yoshi.
1: You know, I think the, the TV division would actually be good for also Goto.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I would love to see Goto in the never open weight um, championship kind of thing, but I don't know how a match with him and Tama would be because that's another one that we've seen kind of not recently, but we have seen done into the ground into the past mm-hmm. when um, Goto and Yoshihashi were still a tag team and Gorillas of Destiny were. Tomatonga and Tongaloa, so we have seen Goto and Tama go one on one before. We know they can have tremendous matches. Um, I don't know. I, I I do agree though. I would like to see Goto get another singles run as opposed to a tag run um, before his career comes to an end. That being said, though, maybe the TV title would be the best thing for him, so he can start getting that, like, working towards that Grand Slam. Kind of, yeah. Um, title esque. How, how do we put?
0: How did we put it last night when Tana won this title? Didn't we call it like his like sextant, like his sextant? Uh,
1: yeah, because like I, I asked, I'm like, if he's already a Grand Slam champion, this is his sixth championship. What does that make it?
0: it it's a set. It's a sex. It's a sex slam, <laughs> as we call it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what the. Ah oh, yeah <laughs> it, it
0: it's it's he's won I think he's won like every singles title that New Japan has had, and mm-hmm. so and even I think he had that under under thirty title that he used to have I think he had that at one point which is the title from the two thousands he had that he's had everything in this company so I mean
1: he's the president so that's what that's what kind of happens now is
0: it isn't he still oh. the trios champion.
1: We're trying yeah. to forget about that okay. because so I gonna... think that actually become the least important belts in this company, which is disappointing because you have the potential to put so many people on a stage with that.
0: Yeah. So we'll get to the actual manager. So, uh,
1: oh. go, yeah. For... Yeah.
0: Well, go ahead. Oh, no, yeah. no. Okay, the for, is
1: at the end of the match
0: okay bishamon go for the double suplex but hikuleo stops him and suplexes both members of bishamon uh goto gets a wheel kick to both of uh, both members of god in the corner shoves hikuleo out hits a nice looking backdrop driver to elp uh bishamon get the russian leg sweep headhunter combo to elp elp stops goto up top uh and uh, ELP runs him off the top and he land like goes crashing into Yoshihashi. Uh, elevated reverse GTR by Bishamon to ELP for two. Uh, the final flash, uh, and uh, Shoto by Bishamon uh, to ELP, but Hikuleo makes the save on the pinfall. Um, ELP with a beauty tope to Yoshihashi on the floor. ELP hits the moonsault off the top to Yoshi. Uh, Hikule uh, on the on the floor. Hikule hits the chokeslam. ELP hits the super thunder kiss '86, but jo- Goto kicks out. So this is where he busts out CR three, which is the uh, CR two positioning it with the leg, the arm trapped behind the back into the pile driver. Uh, and then Hikuleo hits the super frog splash off of ELP's shoulders, which is really the almost the same height as the turnbuckle, and. And Hikuleo gets the pin And the win Again I enjoyed the match It just didn't live up To what they did before I agree
1: agree. We were chatting a lot through this one um, Because we were interested in it It just wasn't You're right It just didn't live up to what it was before And we had seen it a few times before, And I mentioned to you that I was, as despite liking all four of these guys in their own little ways, even Yoshihashi, even though he constantly looks surprised, and his gear, that entrance gear just never seems to fit. It looks like it was made for Hikaleo, but he didn't want it, and he gave it to Yoshihashi instead. It just, it's oversized, and it looks silly. But um, yeah, this match just—it it was a great match. It just wasn't as exciting as the match beforehand. Um, and the, the, what I was more interested in was like the end, which like nothing interesting came out of, because we saw the what is their name, the Nemeth brothers, come to to ringside, Mister Ryan and Nick Nikki and mm-hmm. Nicky and Rayi,
0: uh, yeah. Don't, don't even try. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Ziggler or Nick, Nemeth, the former Dolph Ziggler. And as Brian Ryan, the that comes to ringside. So we thought, Oh, maybe they're going to step in and want to challenge the champions after this. And we got nothing. So we'll talk, we'll
1: talk it's about that. Again. Yeah. The camera didn't even swing to them. It swung to them when they came in, but then after the match, I expected like, ELP and, and Hekaleo, at the very least, to walk by and acknowledge them and be like, oh, you guys want a shot then, huh? And, like, nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's a little disappointing. Yeah. Why put them there? Why draw our attention there if we're not going to do anything with them?
0: Well, yeah, but they again, they we would see Nemeth again a couple of times, so... Yeah, yeah uh, but it isn't... was
1: not involved with anybody that we saw them. Like, they came out for this match. The people yeah. that they got involved with came That's out at, is it the next match? Yeah. So oh, it's a like matches
0: why- later, yeah.
1: yeah. So it's like, don't bring them out now, or at least don't bring attention to them now. Bring them out for the whole show and then swing yep. attention to them. Or bring them out for the match that you're going to antagonize people with. Mm. But like for me, it kind of like it took attention away from what was happening in the ring for me, which wasn't a problem, but like still. It was kind of like, it was confusing. It didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Well, I'll say though, the gear on Hikaleo and uh, ELP, really nice. Nice to match.
0: I, I feel like ELP's channeling St- AJ Styles with his gear. Oh, 100%. <laughs> 100%. And Hikaleo had a removable top on this show. Yeah. Yeah. At one point I looked up, I'm like, what do you think his top off? He, oh he's, he's taking hints from his brother, man. Yeah, they're
1: clearly working out with him, too. He's in great shape now.
0: Dude's getting into great shape. Uh, yeah. So, move on. We're going to talk about the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Hiromu Takahashi defending against El Desperado. This is another one. And I even said this to Mel beforehand. I wasn't super excited for this because I've seen these guys. I, I'm i done with Hiromu for sure. In the junior side, I've just, he's been around for so long. I know he had the hiatus when he was hurt, but I'm just done with him. And Desperado's getting to that point for me. So, like, I wasn't super excited going into this. I was hoping to see another, a, a newer face in this junior title match. Not, like, I'm still on the point that Master Wato should be in the championship picture. But I'm never going to get that, I don't think. But, ah. Well, we're
1: going to get to do before he gets to that level, though, because as good as Watto is, he's not these guys good. He's good, but he's not these guys good. He's he's Hiromu level crazy. Absolutely. But he hasn't unlocked that fear, I think, because there's moments where Watto hesitates. And that's where things usually go sideways for him. Whereas Hiromu and Desperado, especially, they kind of do stuff and then kind of go, Oh, probably shouldn't have done that. But hey, worked out. We didn't die.
0: Yeah. Uh despi hitting the toe bake on Hilo to Hiromu while he's doing his entrance. Uh just getting the shit started fast. Hiromu whips despi into the barricade really hard on the floor. It was oh. Uh he gets uh Hiroma in the ring gets a death valley driver into the corner. Uh spine buster for two into the stretch muffler by Despy, but heroma gets to the ropes. Despie really working over the knee throughout the match. Uh wheelbarrow suplex into a f- it, like wheelbarrows him up and spins him down into a flatliner. Great combo. We get a two-count out of that. Uh Des- Despy kind of as a dynamite plunger into a harsh numero dose and just cranking on that numero dose for a good bit but Hiromu does get to the ropes uh destroy a Canadian destroyed by Hiromu to counter a move by uh Desperado that Desperado is going for and then he hit follows it up with a pumping bomber dynamite plunger for two by Hiromu Hiromu super kicks Despy up top like like well, sitting on the top rope uh but Despy blocks up uh, him and, uh, and fl- uh blocks his attempt on top, flips him off, like sending him off the top, and hit uh or flip or flips over him off and gets a backdrop off the top rope. Uh hard elbow strikes by Desperado and Heroma comes back with the super kicks, uh angle slam and the pincher loco by El Desperado, but uh Heroma kicks a 2.9. Uh Pinch the pinche loco is then reversed into a roll for two by Hiromo, and then Despi hits the pinche driver, the, the J driller, then picks him up pinche loco. And El Desperado is your new IWGB junior heavyweight champion in 14 minutes and 19 seconds. Interesting
1: because, like. This match didn't feel as long as the tag match, even though it was longer than the tag match. It's so crazy. Um, yeah, I I really like Desperado's look in this. He's always been that black, white, and gold accent kind of guy. So he's always wearing the black pants with the, the, the yeah, just like here. He's wearing the black pants with the white fringe. But this one had that red accent down the side of it and then he had the red tape the red mask um and the mask was only covering like his face he, he only had straps kind of in the back it was a really nice unique look I always like seeing what looks these guys come out with because this is essentially the Wrestlemania right this is a big show so I really enjoy seeing all of the new costumes and stuff um yeah Her jackets just seem to get more and more confusing, confounding, and difficult to walk in the more he is allowed to have fun with it. So maybe moving him up into something a little different will, I don't want to say serious him up a little bit, but maybe like having his energy in another division in another area of the locker room might be... I think was best for him because as we were talking about last night, there's not a whole lot left that he hasn't done in this company. In fact, I don't I couldn't think of anything that he hasn't done. So I do believe it is time for him to move on, whether it is, you know, going back and forth, maybe between the US or NOAA or um all Japan or something, um, because he has held that. Essentially, what that twenty four hour belt from somebody for a little bit.
0: the DDT iron metal heavyweight champion fit.
1: There you go. That belt just looks crazy. and it's it, it seems like a fun concept when he was doing it, it seemed like a fun little interesting thing, you know, with his the story they told with his own faction trying to pin him at ringside. Suji and Bushi, I believe I Bushi, I'm not entirely sure, but I know Suji for sure. Um tried pinning Hiromu for that belt at ringside after a match. Um it was a lot of fun. um, but I, I do believe it is some it is time for him to either move up in size class and start dominating whatever it is that he's going into next, or start taking his, what is it what do we call it his juniorness um around the world and and start, you know bringing some attention to the Japanese style wrestling. um desperado, i'm I'm actually very happy. With this, um, I was telling you before that this is what I was hoping would happen. um, Because I feel, unlike Hiromu, Desperado still has got some stuff to do. And I feel that there's still a lot that he could give, not just to um, the IWGP Junior Championship. But I think that there's still a lot he can give to the people who would be facing him for that IWGP Junior Championship. Like maybe Master Watto. Him and Watto have a very questionable history together. They did just wrestle together in that Super Junior Tag League. How cool would it be to have Master Wado be the first defense against um, Desperado here for that IWGB Junior Championship? The setup that they could do and the story they could tell would be so phenomenal and so interesting and something that NJPW doesn't always have going into these um, championship matches. So I'm excited to see what they do with this.
0: Yeah, I, I, again, I wanted Desperado to win because I, I was, I, I love Harum. I still, I still think the guy is great. I'm just ready for something different from him. I want to see him go into like the go move up heavyweight, go to global the global division, go to the television, do something, or go somewhere and change it up for a while. Just refresh yourself. Like that's he's not he's bad. Just I need something new from the guy. And uh, after the match, in the back, uh, House of Tortures, Kanemaru, and uh, Wa- you see Wato there <laughs> standing in the picture, if, you can, if you're watching the video.
1: Um, I was going to say, how close is he already? He's already in the prime position.
0: Yeah, so they have the beer sitting there. And Kanemaru, he does pack Desperado. So it looks like that's the first program for Despi. is his ex-partner in Yoshidoba Kanemaru.
1: I don't like that. I'm just going to flat out say I don't like it. House of Torture already has their stuff somewhere else that they're doing. This this is going to create some confusion for me. Because what's Desperado going to do? Like, who does he have? We were discussing this yesterday. He came out wearing a strong style t-shirt. Which, if you don't know, he does when his team was the trio's champions with Ren Narita, now part of House of Torture and uh, Minoru Suzuki yeah I'm not entirely sure where Minoru Suzuki was tonight but um Desperado essentially riding alone because the the connection that um Strong Style has with Hontai is very like loosey-goosey at best um and you know I, I kind of feel like Desperado is kind of like a free agent on his own in the sea of factions that are kind of there to support each other. It's nice to see Watto in the picture with him. Not nice to see him just sitting there going, Irma, Gerd! Instead of, like, you know, helping his friend. Um, but, <laughs> okay there?
0: No, oh, just like, that Irma, gird. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's <laughs> what his face looks like.
1: <laughs> so the picture certainly looks like he's freaking out um i i don't know i i feel like this might be a tug of war for house of torture partially also because i i don't feel that kanemaru is singles title material right now um he had he didn't build himself a to something like that in suzuki Gun. He hasn't. Built, he didn't have the opportunity to build himself at all in just five guys before jumping ship to House of Torture, and just in in um, House of Torture, he's just kind of been that token guy, kind of like Dick Togo, who just kind of mills around the ring, throws weapons in when they're needed, does stuff like this. Like he's he's kind of a guard, like a bodyguard. He's not really what I would consider a prime time player. Um, in a specifically in a singles title division. That's not to say that he's not a great wrestler. I call him one of the most underrated wrestlers in NJPW. But I don't think this specific title is the way to get people to care about him. Um, no. I think maybe him and Show should maybe do the tag thing. But like the, again, House of Torture is already tied up with another thing. So like this, this doesn't excite me very much. I'd rather no.
0: see Waddle and Defy. Yeah. So we move on to something that really excites us. This is the IWGP Global Heavyweight Championship inaugural match. Um, we have Will Ospreay versus John Moxie versus David Finley for this brand new title. Uh Finley comes out first. Look and fly, new gear, new style. Just the guy looks like a million bucks right now. I am super impressed with this dude. Moxie comes out doing a red hood inspired. Uh he had the domino mask on and he had the like a a mouth covering uh that was like a red hood style like to represent the red hood mask i loved it and then we got what i thought was the best gear of the entire show or just the best entrance gear will osprey comes like they start to do the assassin's creed thing at the start and osprey comes out i think it's as jacob fry from I, I think it's Assassin's Creed. It's the one with the brother and the sister. You get to play as he looks like Jacob Fry when he's coming out, and he lifts his hand up, and the the, the hidden blade is out, and he t- and then he take he he kneels down and he takes the hat off and he goes into the stage, and then. elevated starts playing because they have this ominous music with the Assassin's Creed logos and he comes flying up old school Osprey style Rey Mysterio style comes flying up out of the stage the hood lands back on his head he's I love the entrance and he takes off the jacket on the inside of his arm he's got an Assassin's Creed logo and he said in an interview after if it wasn't for Assassin's Creed he wouldn't have the character that he has because his, his character is based on The assassins from Assassin's Creed So Yeah, I absolutely love this And then we got into a banger Of a match, but Mel Just your impressions of all three men Before we got into it, just coming out and How how you felt these guys were presented Coming into this
1: Well, first of all I've been on the the David Finley train For a little bit Um, He's been kind of biding his time this last year um, Before getting involved like, he did have his his um feud with uh, Tama
0: mm-hmm. but
1: for that Never open weight title for a little bit there. And I didn't feel that that was the best introduction that they gave the newest leader of Bullet Club. Um, but, yeah, his intro, the jacket and everything, I told you, it looked very swerved. Very were very cool, very, he was very confident walking into that arena and Gato looking like a Peaky Blinder just walking down at his corner. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um Moxley, I wasn't terribly excited to see. And then he had his intro and I was like, oh, okay, this is a step up. I like this. Um Osprey's was just, mm-hmm. it was perfection. I mean, mm-hmm. from start to finish. He's a showman as much as he is a professional wrestler. He knows and recognizes the value of the entertainment aspect of it. And he puts so much effort into his intros, into his music, into his gear, into how he does things in the ring, how he wrestles, his facial expressions. I feel like he's just that natural talent, though, in professional wrestling. We know a few. We know a handful. Um... But yeah, the the intros for all three of these guys was just phenomenal and a great setup for the intro of this match.
0: Yeah, so we get into it. Like Mox and Finley are teaming up early, beating up Finley on the. They go to the floor. Uh, Mox drops Finley on the barricade on in his like crotches him on the barricade. Uh, Finley fight, fights back, running in the barricades. Um, Spray and Moxley pow- do the double power bomb. The Finley through the table. Um, just this great sequence of just opening stuff uh osprey gets a cheeky nandos uh mox gets a super uh, super, super suplex um osprey gets a spanish fly uh mox gets a triangle and then an armbar an arm into a triangle osprey picks him up out of the triangle and buckle bombs him but Os- Mox comes right back of the corner with a lariat um Finley gets back into this and he's just he finally gets back involved uh mox is an ace crusher uh to finley um it, but then finley gets the better of mox beating on him release x-flex by mox osprey hits that beautiful handspring flip kick to both guys uh mox is a suicide dive to finley on the floor and then osprey hits we we're thinking of going up to the top for sky twister you sit to a straight up moonsault but Finley's nose gets broken, and Moxie's already been cut open by this point. Then, then uh, Finley's nose gets broken, and you can see the blood start to trickle out of his nose throughout the match. And, and you can see him, he grabs his nose, and you could visibly see it was like out of place. You're like, oh, I felt so bad for the guy.
1: <laughs> As someone who has like dealt with a lot, a lot of stupid amount of dislocations in my life. I related to him at that point, because it's like, now you got to finish the match. And he probably didn't even know how much longer it was going to go. Now you're having difficulties breathing. And then on top of that, it'll start coming. He was coming, like his beard was kind of like the mustache thing was stopping it, but it was still getting in his mouth and stuff like that. You know, when you're trying to wrestle and you're running, you're trying to breathe, you can't breathe through your nose because... You're snorting in blood, now it's running down your face, and now you're taking it in your mouth. Like I'm surprised this guy just kept going.
0: Kept Mm. going. It
1: was like it wasn't even there. It was tremendous.
0: So yeah, Moxley gets an elevated death rider to Osprey in the ring for two. Then he puts on the bulldog choke. Finley comes in. Then Moxley turns on Finley around, hits a pile dries Finley onto Osprey and like boots Osprey in the face. It was like, what the hell? Um, I
1: love that because that was That's one of those things that's just so Indescribably mocks. Like there's just something he does He
0: just seems yeah. like that
1: guy And it was so perfectly timed It great yeah.
0: So Moxie goes to the floor, starts tossing chairs into the ring First one hits the top rope And bounces out, <laughs> super funny Then he starts tossing them up and over Osprey stands up, turns Walks into it, and bang it with his chair Um and then Moxley gets the chair set up in the ring. Uranaki's Finley onto the back of the chair. Uh it looked brutal. Um, or sorry, no, uh Finley Urinagi's uh Moxley onto the back of the chair. Then yeah. then he takes Moxley and hits a hits him dominator style onto Osprey. Uh Uranaki backbreaker by Finley to Osprey. Uh Death Rider by Mox, but Osprey Osprey comes in with a, a hidden blade. Trash panned into oblivion by Finley to Mox, but then Osprey hidden blades him. Then Finley lands on Moxley and gets a two count. Um, Finley attacks both, just it just going back and forth. And this is where Coglin and uh, Gabe Kid come in. They attack Osprey and Mox. Mox stops a pile driver. Osprey cutters Coglin off the top rope. So they're going for that like assisted pile driver move. And Os- like that cutter off the top looked great. Uh, Mox puts Gabe and Alex on tables on the floor, and Osprey comes off the top of the swanton. Gabe goes rolling off his table, didn't break. But Kaga went through the table, but in the way that the table on the outside didn't break, his ass is through the table, and he's like just sitting up it's with his ass down through the table. It was so fucking funny.
1: This is why I get like really weirded out with their tables there because they have that metal frame mm-hmm. that goes around there. So like you're not just going through the wood, you're going through the metal frame as well. And where the metal frame is obviously not a solid metal frame, it's still an added level of resistance that your body has to forcefully break through. And Mr. Coughlin's did not. And it, the poor was, guy just sitting there like he's got his butt stuck in a hole.
0: It was perfection.
1: Good <laughs> couple of minutes,
0: <laughs> but it was perfection. So back in the ring, Mox hits two Death Riders to Finley. Osprey hits him with the Hidden Blade. Osprey hits Stormbreaker to Mox. and then Finley comes out of nowhere, hits the Trash Panda into Oblivion uh, to Osprey, but only gets two. Uh, he gets this. He gets him in like a surfboard, but like a any like curb. A uh, curb set up by Finley to Osprey, and he comes down, knee driving into the back of the head of Osprey, and drives him into the mat. Picks him up, trash panda into oblivion, and to Osprey and Finley gets the win. This is what we both, I think, really wanted to see. Like I, as I, I wanted Osprey. Oh, and I did get a picture of him with his uh, entrance gear. I meant to show that earlier. Looks dope as hell there, but yeah. The Finley with that it. and it, the title it has a similar look to the Intercontinental title, but a new updated kind of world look to be kind of more like not to look like the old IWGP titles, but it look looks great. Um, but again, absolutely tremendous match. I thought these three killed it in the ring. Um, and then after the match, uh, Nick Nameth and Finley get into it and they start beating each other up in, in the in the crowd. And then. At the press conference. Mr. Finley
1: antagonized Mr. Nemeth because he
0: was just sitting there
1: nicely. It was all fine until the spit. Yeah. The spit happened, and then people lose their minds, which
0: no press conference. Nemeth comes back and just beats the shit out of Finley at the press conference. It was great. It was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This was a tremendous ride. Um, despite Moxley bleeding, because like that's something I want to emphasize. He did bleed, and he bled quite a blit, blit
0: bit, mm. blit,
1: blit. Yes, he blit, blit. Um, it was it made. I don't know where it happened, but to me, it just made sense. Partially because it's Moxley, and he always just bleeds. But this match was so intense, and these guys were going so hard with each other moxley this was the best match that i've seen from him in a hot minute yep. um i'm not a fan of aew moxley there is a very distinct difference the way that he wrestles on aew versus the way he wrestles for njpw i like njpw john moxley i'm not a fan of aew john moxley you mentioned though because i don't watch aew at all um you mentioned during the continental classic is that what it was called
0: yeah, he really he 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 didn't do the hardcore busting him open style. He wrestled mm. it was this kind of style. And even if you we watched it, um Moxley versus Eddie from uh World's End, I think was Moxley closer to this than he was mm. to regular AEW style. Because again, working yes. with, with- with Eddie, who's that all Japan Kings road style again, like, and I loved Moxley here. I thought he did a phenomenal job and I've been, I'm critical of that guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get into there. Um, yeah. I'm not a fan of, of him and his stuff that he's done on AEW personally. Cause I'm still bitter about the U S title kidnapping. That's essentially what it was. Um, and like I get, you know, COVID prevented him from being in Japan, but he didn't prevent him from being in the US. And a strong brand was in the US. There's and he was the US champion. So like, I don't know, connect the dots, make it make sense. Um, that being said, this was for me as a fan and not someone who watches him a lot. This was the best I've seen him in a long time. Like I would say this year. I would also say probably last year too. Um, The style that I'm used to seeing him in is kind of like that drunken fist brawler kind of weirdness where he just looks blown up for no reason. He was not like that in this match. He was on point with the other two young guys who I think pretty significantly, well, not significantly, but they're younger than him. Because I know Mox, or not Mox, Finley's 30, isn't he? Osprey's 31. Anyway, it's not important. The point of the matter is these guys were so good and they worked all three of them together so well and they worked their individual styles so perfectly and combined those styles so perfectly. You wouldn't think that the aerialistic style of Osprey would work well with that brawling style of Moxley but it worked so perfectly. You wouldn't think that brawling style would work with the technicality and just the speed of David Finley, but it works so perfectly and even still like the Osprey and Finley, that aerialness and that technicality. It works so well. All three of these guys put on a banger of a freaking match. But you're absolutely right. We called Finley from the beginning. This is this is going to be the year of the War Dogs and the year of Bullet Club. I think Bullet Club's going to make a big push in professional wrestling this year.
0: Yeah, 100%. And actually, Finley and Osprey are the same age at 30, and they're actually like seven or seven, eight, nine days apart in their ages. Uh, one's May 7th, one's May 16th. So, (laughs) and then Moxie's 38. So he's a significant amount of years older than them. Not like, not like Suzuki older, but you know, but yeah,
1: yeah right. um, he kept up with them very, very well. And he, like, like I said, most times he looks blown up. He looks exhausted and sweaty and gross while just walking to the ring. He didn't like that. He looks super healthy. He mm-hmm. looks super in tune with what he was doing. He looks motivated and he looked determined. It was the best I've seen him again in a year. And I'd even say two.
0: Yeah. I would agree with that hundred percent. Um, we get to move on to the special, another special singles match. It's Kazuchiko Okada versus Brian Danielson. It's the second time they faced off since last year. Since the, it's the first time they faced off in a singles match since Forbidden Door, they had the match in the fall where Okada broke another part of Danielson. He broke the arm in in the Forbidden Door match and he broke his orbital bone in their tag match. So, uh, Brian Danielson coming in with the eye patch on, going back and forth early. They're just really good back and forth, these guys. Um, Okada gets a GDT on the floor. He goes away. Comes running back, but Ryan hits his psycho knee on the floor. He then gets him into the guardrail and just starts smashing the guardrail gate on the arm of Okada, saying, "I'm going to break your arm." He said he was going to break his arm. Um, really-
1: you can't leave out the most important part in that. He was using explicitives. Your little, oh. your little oh. angelic Mr. Brian Danielson.
0: Oh, there's no. He this was
1: swearing this- like a male foul.
0: This man is no angel. 100, this guy is no angel, trust me. Um, just Brian really working over the marvin' throughout the match, twisting and stretching it, just stomping on it, like just working. Um, Okada really trying to go after the eye of Brian throughout, trying to damage the eye more. Um, Okada getting a beautiful air raid crash at one point. Brian crotches Okada on top, strikes him hard, butterfly suplex off the top, and Brian immediately transitions into the label walk. Uh tombstone by Okada on the apron. And I felt for Okada's knees here. Cause goddamn that can't feel good. Um uh, again, this is where Okada is, is like stomping at the eye of Brian he's, like, in the corner and he kicks off the eye patch and then he gets him up and hits a drop kick to the face. Um hammer Brian takes control again, hitting that hammer and anvil's uh and elbow strikes to the neck and the back of the head, just working him over. Um Trading Bucyco knee. He gets it. He gets Psycho knee for two. Then the LaBella transitions to submissions. But, okay, like, very much a, a Zack Sabre Jr. Like, moving through submissions every few seconds. Uh, but Okada gets to the ropes. Brian stomping on the face of Okada with the arms trapped. Just stomping on his face. But uh, uh, he goes for a submission. But Okada slips out of the submission. and Gets a Rainmaker. They're both down. Okada gets out of a LaBella lock. Uh, rains down, strikes in the mounted position, he stands up, takes some Germans them, they trade kicks, they trade strikes, Brian's getting sh- kicks to the head, gets the- hits the Psycho knee, Um, goes, lines up for another one, Okada dodges it, gets an Emerald Flosion, Brian goes for another knee, but he gets drop kicked in the face, Okada hits a Death Valley driver, picks him up, rainmaker, and Okada gets the win. Was it at like uh, twenty three minutes thirty seconds, and the match for it was twenty two minutes fifteen seconds? Like, dude, like these matches didn't even feel that long because they were so involving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh,
1: especially the last one. The last one felt like it was twice the length,
0: because there good was way. so
1: much happening. But it was in a good, positive way. It wasn't one of those ways where it was like, "Man, is this shit done yet?" It was, "Man, we can't end this." It's that dang good. Mm -hmm. Um, This one was actually another surprising one for me because, again, I'm not a big fan of Brian Danielson. Um, I do enjoy his his wrestling style, but I mentioned his high level of technicality. That's something that I haven't always appreciated in professional wrestling. It is Mm -hmm. something that has taken me time to really appreciate. Like I was mentioning to you, much to your shock and dismay. I was not a Zack Sabre Jr. fan for quite some time. It actually wasn't until the tail end of suzuki Goon, like the last half a year of suzuki Goon, where I actually really started to enjoy Zack Sabre Jr. and his technical wrestling. So maybe it's just that I need to get used to seeing him, but I also don't watch AEW. And now he's going down to part-time. So I don't know how much longer or how much opportunity I'm going to get to be able to turn around on him. But this match was something that I love, which is that personality stuff. When people start getting mouthy and start yelling. And as I mentioned, he was Swick. He was dropping F-bombs and everything, and I loved it. It was great because it added character. It gave him that charisma, that personality, that maybe, maybe that was what I was missing. Maybe I didn't feel like he had too much of that. I don't know. Again, I don't watch AEW, so I don't, I don't know. Don't come at me and be like, eh, you don't know. You're right, I don't. <laughs> I don't watch it. Um, I really liked Okada's look in this, um, that simple white and silver gear. Um, was just so nice. I have been really enjoying his new style of gear. His last like couple years of gear have been that same template with like the, the triangle ge- like splotches of color and texture on it. But the simplicity and crispness of this um, white and silver gear for him was just it was top notch. But on top of that, the intro that they had for him with the jacket where the jacket was kind of like that white with the silver kind of sparkling lining. And then he did the transformation into the color with that lighting on it, which we, I don't know what that was. I suspect it. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was solar and maybe it was just like there was solar pigment in that. Cause no there's idea. like, well, it's something you can do. I have it for one of my dresses where I, I've soaked my white dress in this like dye stuff and when i go into the sun the the dress turns pink instead of white so it might have been like a solar activation thing because it wasn't as bright once he started walking away from the light mm. when he first put it on there who knows i don't know technology always confuses a ball. i mean i can barely set up my amazon prime and it's just turning on the button so like We're not going to fault her for not knowing the technical stuff behind that. Um, But you were mentioning Brian um, doesn't always have um, that flair, that touch of something on his gear. He's usually very simplistic. So it's interesting to see the the scale um, addition on the side of the trunks, on the side of the boots, um, on the jacket. The jacket I was really fond of because the whole back looked like those cool little leather scaly things it was really neat um but the match itself reinvigorated my interest in Okada and I think that I don't know if that was the actual point but for me it was because <laughs> mm-hmm. I had been getting very bored um with Okada he was getting to that John Cena Roman reigns kind of level of annoyance for me like when i would see him be like oh great here comes okada but it was like with this i was like yes the story was so simple going into this and it played out so perfectly um i, I was really really impressed with this this was a really great match
0: yeah and brian has said 2024 is his last year of full-time wrestling but he has said that when he goes to his part time, he's got, he wants to do five to ten matches a year. But he said he wants to do things like this. It's not all going to be AEW. He wants to travel for a Wrestle Kingdom, travel for a big Japan, sh- whatever. Not big Japan, but a big show in Japan. But to like travel and do these big m- matches around the world in those five to 10 matches a year while still doing a few in the AW probably, but being a more feature attraction wrestler rather than being a full-time on the road every week kind of guy. And I think he could really have some great matches over the next couple of years with the likes of Ishii. I think you need to go to Shingo Takagi because I know they had a match on the Indies years ago before WWE, but they need to have that match on the big stage, there's a like the American Dragon versus the Japanese Dragon versus the Last Dragon. It needs to happen. Like so, is there
1: another Dragon. Probably, because mm-hmm. it was it was Takagi, and it was Brian. Isn't Zack Saber Junior considered a Dragon as well, of some kind?
0: No, no, no. But uh you might be think like, I, I know Garcia is the Dragon Slayer. Daniel Garcia is the Dragon Slayer
1: just thinking it would be an interesting um match you could at least call it the battle of the dragon having a ton of different guys who call themselves a dragon fighting for supremacy over the name and the privilege to continue calling themselves a dragon i would be interested in seeing that
0: yeah. Again, and after the match, so Brian and Okada do bow to each other—pure sign of respect from both men. I loved it. It was just nice to see. As far as I know, neither man is man is injured. I haven't heard any reports yet if the, either man's injured. So let's hope <laughs> Hope they're both okay. We move on to the main event. Uh, this is actually same as last year. I was less excited for the main event than I was for things on the uh, underneath. But this turned out into a really strong match. I had a good time. Just it didn't hit the level of the last like two or the last three matches. Because the junior match, the global match, and the uh, the singles match. I think those three really stole the show for me where this one was fine. It was there. It was good. Um, slow start early, going back and forth. He's shocking for control. Naito does that hip toss into the back, into the back break over the knee. Um, Sonata sends Naito out, hits a beautiful nice plancha to the floor. I guess the skull end on Sonata misses a moonsault. Naito sends him to the apron, goes over the top, the cab- combination cabron style, up, up to the apron. It looked good. Uh, uh, Naito hangs Sonata on the barricade, hits a neck breaker, uh, run off the top rope by Nato, Naito, uh, magic screw by Sonata. Uh, Naito with strikes uh, to the back of the head of, of Sonata, spits in his face, gets a tornado DDT. Sonata gets a the TKO, then hits two moonsaults, but can only get two. Uh, Naito drops Sonata on his head with a German. I was I was I was a little bit afraid for Sonata at that point. Um, Sonata or sorry, uh, Destino hit by Naito, but then he go uh, he hits another. But Sonata kicks out. Sonata hits Deadfall. Nido and Sonata trading strikes. Sonata hits a Destino of his own. And Mel goes, You bastard. She literally yells, You bastard, when he did it. And I was very
1: really annoyed about that.
0: Yeah, but Nido comes back with a wheel kick and her Tornado DDT. Uh, Naito Nido kicks out of 2.9 out of a Gato cl- or out of the O'Connor roll. Uh, but Sonata hits come hits him with a shining wizard Naito Nido then hits Deadfall, and you did repeat it. You went you bastard to Naito for hitting him with Sonata, hitting Sonata with his own move. So you give, you gave equal
1: a dick moves. Yeah, you gave a dick move.
0: You gave equal dick dick move feeling to both Uh
1: exactly but- we we give both the dicks to the dicks that deserve the dicks
0: yeah and he picks them up naito hits a brain buster not something you see him hit a lot he then follows with and hits his destino and naito gets the win um, after the match, Evil, he's getting ready. Tanero's uh, getting ready to do his roll call. And Evil and Togo attack. And I'm like, no. I even joked about this earlier in the matches Are watching it. I'm like, yeah, Evil's going to come out and <laughs> screw over. And Evil's saying, like, and it's being translated by uh, Chris Charlton, you're not going to get your roll call. Never let that happen. Then out of nowhere, Sonata comes flying in, hits Evil with the Shining Wizard. And Naito, or Evil and Togo go to the back. Sonata and uh, Naito kind of have this, like, moment of, like, we're chill. We're good. And Sonata leaves as Naito's thanking him. And you can see him crying on his way up. Um and he, and, Nido, and then Nido finally he he ro- re- rolls off all the members of of Lij does his roll call and and he goes Los and the and the crowd is sharing. He's it, it was just a perfect moment. He got screwed out of it twice because remember he got he he was there for the heavyweight title, but he ended up uh, in the semi main event. Because he put Shinsuke in the Intercontinental title on the final. And then was it two, three years ago with Kenta coming out to ruin his Wrestle Kingdom and Kenta sitting on him and ruining the roll call there? So, like, can't deserved it. Like, oh, just awesome.
1: Especially with him, the rumors abound and abound that he's probably winding it down a little bit. Um, and I'm... I was mentioning throughout the match. I was like, "Yeah, he's starting to look his age a little bit." Um, It's unfortunate because, like, when we first—when I first started watching this, probably about five, six years ago. Gosh, he was just like a little spring chicken. The last few years have not been kind to many of us. Um, Yeah, so I'm not gonna lie though. I'm not a fan of the gear that Sonata came out in. Uh, It was. It, you you kind of made the, the reference to Yu like yuyumura and it kind of did kind of look like that. It was just, yeah, it was white with the kind of golden red accent, flamey kind of thing on it. You know, the shoes were did not fit him properly, and the tongues of them were already on the sides of his legs by the time he made it to the ring for his intro. Well, it was not a good look.
0: I even thought he took Yui Mura's gear, maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that it was just not fitted properly or something. I don't know. It wasn't my favorite gear. Oh, no, it wasn't white. It was the that textured pink with the snake yeah. skin.
0: Just didn't look good. No,
1: yeah, I was not a fan. It, the color, it, it kind of blended on him is what, what my problem was. It, so it kind of almost looked like he wasn't wearing any bottoms. Yeah, not a great look. But the match itself, tremendous. I was expecting it not to be as good as it was, like how it ended up. Um, but there was that point when they were doing the Destino trade-off. And I really did think it, like, they were getting, Naito especially, like, he was trying to pop those things off at three or four fucking times in a row. By the time it got to, like, Sonata doing it, Sonata kind of did not do it. It it was a Destine whoa, not a Destine no. He kind of went off to the side, and it didn't look very good. And then Naito tried it, and Naito also slipped off of there. And I was like, it's a battle of who can do the worst freaking Destino for the end of this match. <laughs> um, Naito, though, always able to, to kind of figure out how to do his stuff. I really, really enjoy his... Um, what is that? Butterfly lock thing? Is that what is it? Like his little where he tap too on the leg trap.
0: Leg trap full Nelson. Yeah. It's using his legs for the full yeah. Nelson.
1: I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that submission. I love how he plays it and how it's almost like a nice little rest spot in the middle of the match because he'll forget how to, to unlock his feet. And red shoes will have to get in there and unlock it. Um yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with this match. This match, I, I did, like you, kind of go into it thinking it was going to be a good match, but not thinking it was going to be a great match. It it actually got into that great match kind of thing. But I expect that with Naito. Naito mm-hmm. has this way of forcing charisma into places where charisma has no business being. And in this case, it really seemed to be Sonata. Because his just, yeah. I was so sad when he won that title. And because I knew that it was going to lower the value of it. Not because Sonata's not a great wrestler. He's a tremendous wrestler. He's a good looking guy. He's athletic. He's got a great look. He's got a great faction. And the faction is doing great. Now that they've gotten rid of, you know, the bad seeds like Mr. Kanamaru. They're doing really, really good but he is the least charismatic person in that group. And he was holding the highest title of the company. But like I said, Naito has that ability to force charisma into places. And he really forced it into Sonata in this match and gave us an incredible, emotionally charged and impactful match to end Wrestle Kingdom. This was a great match.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Tremendous. I I had such a good time. uh, Watching this show. It just, From top to bottom outside of me even the show to umino and kaito versus how torture it wasn't bad it was still a decent enough match so like nothing disappointed me on this whole show like i had a good time like matches didn't live up to certain things but everything was still a good time yeah
1: oh yeah yeah from start to finish like there's usually at least one where it's like eh could have done without that. Everything in this show served its purpose. I would have liked to see certain things a little bit longer maybe and some certain things a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. But overall there's not uh, there's nothing that I can think of that I was unhappy with mm-hmm. except for maybe some of the results, mm-hmm. you know, tomato tomato.
0: But everything was still good.
1: So yeah, yeah the ride was
0: great. Yeah. So, we've come to an end of another episode of NGBW Poodle. That's review. Uh, you can find me on the X Master on Blue Sky and Hive at That Canada Guy, TikTok, Instagram, and Threads at That Canada Dude. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Andre Melball Wrestling Talk, YouTube. You can find me at at Andre Melball Wrestling Talk. Uh, also, check me out. Oh and uh you may be what you may be listening to us right now over on Sunday nights main event so want to thank our friends over there uh if you if you aren't listening and you want to hear this in audio form go to sundaynightsmainevent.com or go to the patreon uh, at patreon.com slash SME radio. Lots of great content coming there. They cover input. They, they cover the whole gambit of professional wrestling is covered over at Sunday night's main event. You have all the WWE stuff, NXT, MLW impact. It's all covered. over there. So please go check them out. Uh, a lot of great content. If you're watching, if you're listening to us there, thank you so much. Please subscribe to Sunday night's main event. Uh, comment. To- to them and tell them if you're liking us if you're not liking us just let us know let us know we can do better if we're not doing stuff good enough just tell them we can do better uh please tell us there um please go over and check me out over at twitch.tv slash app slash our local establishment Uh, you can find me doing marvel talk uh we'll be back we just did uh nine episodes all covering the what if series we'll be back very soon to cover Echo, and then sometime this month we will also be covering with our Marvel Talk Rebound Rema- or our Marvel Talk Rebound show. We're going to be talking my least favorite MCU movie, *In the Incredible Hulk*. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. So check that out. Um, if you want replays of all that stuff, you go to YouTube.com/slash at our local establishment also don't forget i gotta give some love to my boy my my buddy my boy that got me into podcasting and all this game years and years ago my boy mike the ref uh he simulcasts us over at backbreaker video so thank you so much for all the great support there go to youtube.com slash at backbreaker video for all for us and lots of other great wrestling content you can find him live playing games doing AW watch alongs at twitch.tv slash Mike the ref. If you want to see replays of that gaming content, go to youtube.com slash at backbreaker underscore gaming, where you can find him, Mr. P, uh, Mr. Rick Jules, Mr. PJC, and the freaking guest, Miss Kayla J. Kayla J. Love Kayla J. Kayla J. Melball, where can they find you?
1: No, if you're wanting to follow on Melball, you can find her on the X thing at Collins Melball. You can find her on everything else, Facebook, Messenger, on TikTok, Blue Sky, and Instagram at Melball. Collins. You can also find me on our local establishments programming soon. We're having some spooky ish coming out this month. So you want to stay tuned to their socials to see about that. You can also catch Andre and I soon on our local establishment, where we're hopefully going to be doing some NJPW and stardom weekly reviews where we're going to talk about some of the important stuff that y'all got to know about happening over in Japan in regards to those two companies. You can also catch me on Asher Pizarro's YouTube channel where we do our show, Ladies Wrestling Showcase. We post there usually every two weeks about all the things happening in women's professional wrestling. But Christmas has Miss Astrid a little busy because she gives you guys all of your booze. So we know how that has been going. So she has been a little bit busy over the season, but we will be back very soon with a brand new episode because we got some stuff to talk about in women's wrestling, some rumors, some some stuff happening. So we'll be coming back with that very soon. What else? What else? If you're wanting to watch NJPW, we will leave a link in the description box below. It is njpwworld.com is 999 yen or approximately 10 Canadian. Shout out Sean Spears, who's now a free agent. I hope to see him in Alberta soon. Nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. Um, If you're wanting to watch the show that we talked about today, it is on there. You can watch some of the shows leading up to the show that happened, Wrestle Kingdom 18. 18, this is the number, right? We're on the evens, yep, (laughs) yep. You can even go back and watch last year's Wrestle Kingdom where Will Ospreay took on Kenny Omega. That was a banger of a match. Banger, banger of a match, you guys. Yeah, all of that available at njbwworld.com.
0: Oh, yeah, I was going to say, next week we'll be having our best of show coming out. Uh, Mm We're talking our best of 2023, so check it out. The Kenny Omega Osprey match might get talked about. We don't know. But please uh, come check us out on that show. We'll be doing it on Chop Talk because we're going to be doing Uh, start covering Stardom, New Japan, and the local indie scene. So it will be a special edition of Chop, our Best of 2023 Chop Talk. So please check us out there. Uh, so yeah, uh, and then uh, lots of great stuff coming from us very, very soon. Mm-hmm. Triangle Derbies. We're going to be covering the one-day Triangle Derby. This <laughs> soon.
1: Yeah. yeah. You can also catch Melbourne on our local establishments programming with Ed Fries, your other tag partner, where we are going to be doing another kind of review of the year where we are going to be talking with um, Lauren Goodnight, who's going to be the AEW affiliate. We're going to be talking with Ed Fries, who's going to be the NXT affiliate. We've got another person, Bobby Munson, coming in with MLW. Yeah, we're going to have a nice stacked amount of people talking some amazing professional wrestling.
0: Perfection.
1: Perfection. <laughs> and that being said, Andre, my trusted friend and colleague, do you have anything else to say to the beautiful people?
0: Well, almost dropped my phone. Thank you so very much. We appreciate you guys. Please keep checking us out on uh, Andre bubble wrestling talk on Backbreaker video and on our new home at Sunday night's main event. Thank you for all the support from everybody. Thank you so, so very much. And we just love you guys. Bing-dong. Oh, uh, notification bell
1: <laughs> ding dong hello sorry the most important part of this video
0: <laughs> i would argue that, that but okay
1: being, that being said i am your mom over there is our dream we will see you next time Adios.